Hello everyone and welcome back to From the Felt, brought to you by the Texas Card House, where we talk all things Texas poker. My name is Ryan Crow, and I'm here along with Sam Von Kennel and Bill Huer. Uh, we also have a very special guest with us today, who I will introduce momentarily. But in the meantime, Sam, Bill, how are you guys doing today? Doing awesome. Welcome to Houston once again. <laughs> yeah, second week in a row I've come to Houston for this, and it rained on me both times. I'm starting to realize we need to bring an umbrella next time we come back here. I think it's you. Might, might just be me. Might just be me. Well, at least you didn't bring a tropical storm this time. So. Yeah, true. Well, today we actually have a very special guest with us. Mr. Brad Owen uh, is here in town. Uh, actually, you were here yesterday. We're actually recording this on a Thursday, uh, October 3rd. So um, happy to have you here. Uh, how was your flight in? It was good. I appreciate you guys having me. Uh, the session went well yesterday, so it should make for a good video. First time uh, playing here. You guys just opened up, right? Yeah, about a couple what, months, months ago. ago? Yeah. yeah. I noticed that, um, you know, since the last time that I you know, hung out with you guys, which is probably almost a year ago in Austin, uh, you guys have, have taken off quite a bit. So, so what's that been like? I mean, I know you've been vlogging for a while now, but uh, really want to kind of just dive in and, and kind of learn a little bit more, a little more about you and just, you know, how your journey has been to get to where you are today. Um, I've taken I've taken some shots in some bigger games. I think a lot of people have uh, have really like enjoyed seeing those you know um they've seen my journey playing like one two and two five uh to five ten and then i took some shots at ten twenty five fifty which is probably i think it's my most viewed video at this point and so i think that fueled the uh the growth most of it yeah that's interesting so uh, sorry how did you fare in that game good i was stuck i think 2k pretty early on yeah. and then i ended up winning a thousand so it's not like it was a huge win or anything but uh, it was a battle back and People, I think it was evident that I was playing big and it was uncomfortable for me and it was, you know, it was evident on screen and people <laughs> seemed to resonate with that. Were you playing with any big names in that game? Anyone no, you know? No, no, it was just, I'm from Northern California. So it was at Graydon Casino, about an hour north of San Francisco. And just uh, some guys who were pretty wealthy, you know, uncapped, big game. And there's some huge pots, not, not too many that I was involved in, but... Uh, it was just fun to watch, and, and it was fun for me to play. I enjoy playing bigger stakes. Now, I understand you're from Santa Rosa. Is that yeah. right? <clears throat> I used to live up in that area, so I'm kind of familiar. My place to play was Bay 101. Sure. Do you ever make your way down there? I played down there, yeah. It's on the south, uh, in the South Bay. So I've been there and Matrix. Those are both like right across from each other now. Okay. So the Bay 101 moved locations to be closer to the Matrix, and it's a lot of those guys. So there, there used to be a rotating game where they would play um, like every Friday, yeah, really big stakes. So... That game, um, I think it was like 50, 100 at one point and just $100,000 pots and everything. Wow. Yeah. Very nice. Did you ever get any of that action when you were there, Bill? No. When I was starting playing poker, it was all limit games. Uh, mm -hmm. There were no no limit games in San Jose. And that actually had to do with a city ordinance. The mayor was really harsh on the poker rooms at the time in the mid-90s. And they didn't, uh, they didn't like the poker rooms being there, but they made it happen and are they playing No Limit now in Northern oh, California? Yeah. Are yeah. they? Yeah, because back when I started playing at Bay 101, you couldn't find a No Limit game. It was all limit poker. Yeah, there's a few good spots in the Bay Area. Grayton, Bay 101, Matrix, and Lucky Chances out there. Also, there's a place called Oaks, but I've uh, never played there. That's in Emeryville, I think, on, well, in the East Bay. What was the name of the place in Colma? Uh, Lucky Chances. That's Lucky Chances, yeah, okay. right next to the cemetery. <clears throat> yeah, fun fact. There's more dead people in that town than alive people yeah. in Colma, oh. California. The casino right next to a cemetery. It's pretty much the whole in the town middle. is like a so, cemetery. Yeah. I think. 
It's an interesting situation. It's one of those unique card rooms that you've got to go check out. I'll, yeah. I'll put that on my list. I've, I've literally never played a single hand of poker anywhere in the entire state of California. So it's one, one of the destinations I have on my list that I need to get out to. I've, I've been just about everywhere else in the U.S. Texas Card House group trip. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that's perfect. That's that's exactly how we want to do it. Can, can we play? They got table games there too, right? They're they do. Just, they do, yeah. Yeah, then perfect. My my life is going to be good. So how did you get started? First of all, how old are you? I'm 31. 31. So you started gambling 10 years ago? Um, not exactly. I mean, I started playing poker as a freshman in high school. Okay. So I was 14 around then. Uh, you know, Moneymaker was big. Yeah. My dad worked for... A, uh, a company that would basically buy rundown card rooms in California and renovate them. And so he brought home this, uh, this CD-ROM game called Hoyle Casino 2003. And you could play poker against simulated opponents. You could play limit poker tournaments, which is awesome. So every day after school, I'd play that. And then I have an older brother. He would play like $5 tournaments with his college friends. And uh, I would jump in those games. And I would do pretty well. And it was the first time I felt like I could beat my brother at anything. You know, he's bigger, <laughs> faster, smarter, all those things. So, um, so I just really, I just really took a liking to it right away. And I went to school in San Diego, so you could play at the uh, Indian card rooms or Indian casinos at 18. Oh, yeah. So that helped out. So I was playing live poker in casinos since I was 18, and it was just my dream to to play for a living. Is, is Jackson Rancheria the closest 18 and over in Northern California to where you were? Or were the I don't other? know, to be honest. Did you ever go I'm out not there? Sure. No. It's, it's kind of uh, east of Sacramento. River Rock Casino was uh, a little bit further south of Santa Rosa. Okay. Um, in Geyserville, so it's right it's south of Healdsburg. And I won a satellite there when I was 21, or I was 22 actually, into the main event. So I won like a $100 satellite into the main event. And from that point, my parents were like, okay, maybe maybe Brad's not bad at this poker thing. <laughs> and uh, they were kind of more open to the idea of me playing for a living. Nice. So you win your first main event WSOP seat. Yeah. How'd you do? I made it to day two. And then I played with Thor Hansen. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he's like an old, old-time poker player. And I didn't know it was him at the time. But anyway, I got boat overboated on day two, but I was top 50 in chips for my flight for day one, which was something that was pretty amazing to me. Yeah. Very that was nice. my first ever World Series of Poker event. And what, what year was that? That was 2010. Okay. Who won that year? Um, I believe, let's see, I think Cata won in 2009. Yeah. And then 2010, maybe P.S. Hines. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. And have you played every year consecutively after that? Is that something you look forward to? or No, I didn't play for a long time after that, but the last three years I've played. Would you consider yourself a better cash game player than tournament player? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you can look at my lack of hen and mob results <laughs> and, and see that. Got you. So how long have you actually been doing the vlog? Like, like, let me ask you this. Who came up with the idea for it? Was it you or Andrew? <laughs> so Andrew was the first person to do it in the style that everyone has copied now. Okay. So he started, I think, October of 2016. I saw what he was doing. And him and I had actually played together quite a bit um, throughout Vegas. And I was really surprised because Andrew doesn't seem like an extroverted person when you meet him. You know, mm -hmm. he's pretty quiet at the tables. And so I, for him to do something uh, so out there, like really put himself out there, was surprising to me. And I saw what he was doing. I thought it was really cool. I thought his were a little bit dry. And... Uh, focus more on, on the artsy side. I thought I could insert some humor and do things my own style. 
So, uh, so yeah, I put out my vlog, I think December, early in December of 2016. So it's been almost three years since I started. Okay. Wow. So, so you're starting not long after his. Right. Okay. And you just followed his, what he was doing. Did you guys know each other beforehand or just did, did we you were, ever We meet? weren't friends beforehand, but yeah, okay. we played poker together uh, several times at, at a casino called Red Rock, which is like 10 miles west of the strip in Vegas. Yeah, but since he is so introverted, um, we didn't, we almost didn't talk at all, but we probably played, you know, 100 to 200 hours together mm-hmm. at the same table. So how, how fast from, you said you started playing when you were in, yeah, a real similar story to mine. It was kind of funny what you're telling it. Like my, my brother, older brother took me to my first poker game and, and he's, that's poker is one of the few things that I would say that I can beat my brother into, but he, he had some friends that took me to my first home game. I'd have been 16 years old. And uh-huh. again, I, I'm born and raised here in central Texas. And so we didn't have the luxury of casinos or anything like that being anywhere remotely near us. So we had to search these home games out. But I mean, as soon as I started playing like that, I, I fell in love with it. And still play at some of these home games you know today you know and people think i'm crazy like i started these card clubs but like how much do you enjoy the home game scene you know, the kind of different aspect of play versus the more traditional like card clubs or casino methods of play so growing up playing in the those home games or like the kitchen table those are some of my best memories playing poker you know i never really got too much into the home game scene more like Once, the business home game scene, like you know, right, not, right. not the kitchen table, like yeah, full yeah. rake, See, I, full, I, I full never, deal. Yeah. I never really felt all that comfortable playing the unregulated home games, you know. Um, I've dabbled in a few of them in L.A., and it just seemed I just prefer to just play in a regulated environment where I know what the rake is. I know, you know, uh, there's a lot less likelihood of a chance that I'm going to something bad's going to happen and I'm going to get cheated, all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. So, so in Vegas, you know, I just, I, I do just kind of like playing in the casino environment. There's not really too many home games in Vegas anyway. Um, I think that's like a big thing in, in LA. Obviously it has been in the past and in, in Texas in general and I, and still is, but uh, yeah. Some of it's too, just the, the, in Texas, I guess it would be different because the privacy more like the, they like to control who's coming and going. Sure. And, and that's kind of the thing that I'll, I'll like about it, you know, they're going to make sure there's a couple whales there. They're not going to let you know the real sharks sure. and pros come in. And so you've got a really casual group. You find the right spot. You know it becomes your, your little honey hole versus you know you're going into a room in a casino. Even if you live in Vegas, you don't know all these players. There's so yep. many tourists. There's so many pros. People you don't even recognize that are pros. And so like that, that's the one thing that is a disadvantage for me. Like I'm not going to pick up on these players as fast as I am with these players that I've now been playing for with for ten years. The same group of guys at the same table. And so. Uh, that, that's why I've always enjoyed that personal touch of the home game. Versus, but again, I'm not the professional player. Like this yeah. is this is a casual recreation for me. I mean, word word about the home games in Texas has definitely spread throughout the whole country. You know, I remember hearing about big Houston home games, big Dallas home games, and I'm several states away. So uh, I've always I, I think that the home game scene, you know, around here is obviously different than it is. In California, where um, that was like the only, it's the only, it was the only option here for a long time. You know, you have how many people live in Texas? 20, 12 million or something? 12 to 20 million? Yeah, that's yeah. 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 a lot. Yeah. Yeah. The greater Austin area is you know, probably a yeah, million five. Like three of the biggest yeah. cities in the country or four of the biggest cities in the country? Yeah, yeah that's nuts. So, so, like, to to not have poker in Texas when it's called Texas Hold'em is ridiculous, obviously, you know. 
What do you think about the the way in which the private social club model works here? Like, where you're paying hourly as opposed to the rake. I mean, uh, that, that you can see at other clubs. Like, what, what are you? What's your? What was your first impression when you saw it? What do you think? And now that you've played it a couple of times, because you've been in, in Texas now several times. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I think, it, to me, I like it. I like knowing, um, you know, how much you're going to be paying every time you walk in. It's very similar to uh, anywhere you play five ten in Vegas is going to be a timed game. So you play. You pay seven dollars per down, so it ends up being fourteen dollars an hour, which I think is what it is here, right? Yeah, well, it's it's twelve plus tax, which is going to thirteen in here in Houston, and in yeah. Austin it's ten bucks an hour, yeah. Yeah, so it's very similar, you know. For me, I don't really think about it too much. Yeah, yeah. Do you think you could find, you know, being a professional player, could you log the hours and, and think you could make a living successfully? And you know, you've now played in Austin, San sure. Antonio, and Houston. Oh yeah. Is there one city that you kind of notice as more action or more fish? Or, or I would, I think that, yeah, the games are great in Texas. Anywhere you go where poker is a relatively new thing in a regulated sense or semi-regulated or however, um, like the games are just infinitely better. You have a lot of people who are new to poker who are playing, taking their shots, and that makes the games uh, great. You know, like if you look at Florida, for instance, I think it was 2010 or 2011. They used to have a $100 max bet for Florida mm-hmm. games. And then they lifted that and every pro moved to Florida basically because they were now playing with all these people who were very wealthy, who had no idea how to play deep stack poker. Yeah, they're five years behind the game. Right, exactly. And I think that seems to be the similar case with Encore Boston opening up. You know, people just, when, when poker's new um, or, you know, not new exactly, but when these new rooms open up, there's a lot of new players, and they're making uh, big mistakes that that you won't see as often in Vegas and LA, and you know some of these other places that have had card rooms for a long time. Yeah, you you broaden the market, so it's not just the hardcore poker players. Now you have some of the more casual players, the people who are fringe players. Now they're playing more because they have a place to go that they know, and they're not as skilled as some of the other players, and so they become they essentially become the fish. Yeah. yeah. Where do you find those players in Vegas nowadays? It's hard. Vegas is probably the toughest place to play <clears throat> poker for a living out of out of everywhere. Um, not only, well, for one thing, there are so many places that are opening up all over the country. So when tourists come in, they're, they already have a pretty good idea of what they're doing because they play at their local card rooms. So um, it's not just like, you know, once a year they come to Vegas and they play poker. No, they're playing year round now at their local places. Then they come to Vegas and, uh, you know, they're, they're not – the edge just isn't as big as it used to be. I think what, what he's trying to say is he wants to move to Texas and make his home base Texas card house. I mean, I mean look, let us we'll, yeah. we'll have to think about that. We can, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let us think about that. No, but there are about <laughs> there are four or five places that are really good for poker players to live um, at this point where I think it's like the most profitable. I think Texas is in that top five. Yeah. I think Texas, Florida, uh, the Maryland, Virginia area with Maryland Live and MGM National Harbor and now also um, in the Boston area with Encore and MGM <laughs> Springfield. And you have, you know, all those other Mohegan Sun and Foxwoods as options. Yeah, and Texas Cardhouse in Houston is fairly new. It's only been open for about three months. But in Austin, we've had groups and we had these guys come over from England for, for several months. They're actually moving to Vegas and they stopped in Austin. They ended up playing for like a month or two and just staying. Yep. And they eventually moved on to Vegas because that's where they're actually moving to live. Uh, we had a couple of Vegas guys in Austin play. I mean, like, so, so it's it's not unusual to have people traveling to play at some of the games. Just one, I think the 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 take, you know, is, is or the the rate at which they're playing, paying the house is very low. You know, ten bucks an hour or twelve bucks an hour, whatever it is. 
And then the action here is just really good because you have a lot of newer players coming to the market. I mean, there's a lot of really good players in Texas, but there's also a lot of new to poker players as well. I think a lot of, mm-hmm. a, a lot of the reason that contributes to that are, are guys like Brad and Andrew coming in and doing the you know the video blogging that they're doing and showing off some of these lower skilled deeper pocket players and yeah. it's like god you know they got you know a hundred thousand views on their videos so people are going to see that and yeah certainly you've got traveling pros coming to you know houston and playing at prime and card house and post oak back when when it was running and coming to austin like there's there's some deep pocket players that are just it's not their fault they're just years behind the game because only until a few years ago when we started opening up these clubs that they have somewhere that they can go play more than once a month on the occasional weekend trip to Oklahoma or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's also because there's a lot of wealth, you know, in these different areas, oil, money, and all that stuff. People don't mind gambling big, you know, and sometimes you can get torched that way. I think when I was in Austin in the 5-5 game, I was down like $2,000 within <laughs> the first half hour. Like yeah. Because there was one guy who was – he was a uh, – like blind putting it in for 500 to a thousand, you know, just, it was crazy. The, the action that you see. So, yeah. So it's great that you, that there are those kind of players, but you can easily end up on the wrong side of those hands. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when we first opened, I took some of the elements of a, of a home game that I played in and, and introduced them. You know, we had an uncapped one, two, no limit game mm-hmm. that had also an uncapped straddle amount. And, you know, restraddle and all those things. And so, I mean, we would have literally players playing one, two and putting a $50 straddle on and guys thinking it's funny. And so, you know, one or two spots later, they'd sleep 150 on it. And it's just like you guys are playing one, two, putting in 100 plus bigs blind on the yeah. straddle. It was like it was the most beautiful game I'd ever seen in the world. And it was like that was kind of when we knew this is going to work. Like the players are going to play one, two, no limit and win so much money. And it's. You don't need to play five five or five ten like the word spread, and that was where we got that kind of base customer group of the one two player. But we were playing one two uncapped, and so it was like sure, it's a whole different game that yeah you that, can't find anywhere else. It's like, one thing that seems um, to be common throughout all the games that I played in Texas. Just whatever the stakes are, they're not really those stakes. You know, the five five is uncapped here and yeah uh, in Austin, and yeah. the one one time I was there in Austin, and it was really like a ten twenty game. Yeah, and it seems like what you're saying too with the, the so many times I'll have players that are like, oh, I can't play that. That's a five five game. That's a five ten game, and it's just like, dude, you're playing at you know a one two where there's a round of straddles every time. Like that's a one. That's two five right there as is, and you know they're putting the restraddle on. Guys are sh- shoving blind. Like you don't understand. Like out in Vegas, one two no limit hold'em is fucking boring you know yeah. but here one two no limit hold them is exciting like yeah. it's a whole different ball game yeah they were there were probably like five people who i talked to yesterday who were playing one three that were winning uh 700 to 1500 you know yeah. which is tough to do i mean there were there were a couple tables of one three going so there are going to be some big winners but um, it's not like i talked to everybody who was playing one three or anything but there were there were big wins that's 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 exactly right and i think that's where the houston customers uh, they play it i see them play versus i've seen austin i've seen san antonio and the the overwhelming similarity is they're not scared of the stakes like they're gonna put their money in they're never folding an ace king or ace queen suited pre like it's just beautiful like they're just they're ready to gamble even though this is poker like this isn't blackjack or roulette but they're still treating it like that they're treating it like 
it, you know, every hand they want to win. You know, they don't ever want to fold because they don't want to lose, and it's it's, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and Austin, I mean, aside from some of the private room, we have that 5-10-25 game that's going now, but uh, almost all the main four games are 1-3. And I look at some of those, and I mean, there's just tons of money on the table. So Yeah, and, and they're chock full of players mm-hmm. who, like I said, when we normally are out on the circuit or out on the tour, they're playing 5-5 five, five and 5-10, five, but you know, our 1-3s are just, it's, it's really not that different. Like, it yeah. doesn't make a difference. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. they're 1-3, yeah. Is it a 1K cap to start and then it's matched the biggest stack? Almost always after some time, you know, they're going to turn double board bomb pots on and match the stack on. And then yeah. after, you know, give a 1-3 a couple hours and, yeah, it's, it's wide open. But opening a table, it's 100 minimum, yeah, we'll 300 put, max. we'll put some barriers okay. at the and start. And then as, you know, as the stacks grow, you can get in for whatever the biggest we'll stack we'll make sure the all the players are cool with it when it switches. You know, if some person <clears> wants to keep the rules on, then that's fine. But most, most of the time you're going to get the whole table doing double board bomb pots saying, yeah, if I can uncap this thing, let's go. Yeah, and it's off to the races. So where is your? I mean, so so home base for y'all is are you and you and uh, Andrew is in Vegas, right? Yeah. And so, how often are y'all traveling? I mean, because I see videos from you. You always seem to be going somewhere. Else. I mean, you're you're in Vegas a lot, but how often are y'all traveling now? Going to places like like here, like in Texas? We're traveling. We're traveling quite a bit right now. It's been fun for us. It's really fun to go to different places and make videos from new locations. Uh, so I think a lot of people want to see you know, what poker's like in Vegas, but we've pretty much done that. Um, so we still put in those videos occasionally, excuse me. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, so we're traveling, I think three weeks during October. So we're doing this, uh, we're gonna have one day in Vegas, then we're going out to Hollywood Park Casino, then we'll have a few days in Vegas, and then we'll do Run It Up Reno for a week. Nice. So so we're pretty busy, and then November we have, uh, we're going to South Dakota and Northern California. <laughs> And then, yeah, December, we're going out to Maryland Live, and we'll probably fill in a few other things, you know? Where um, in South Dakota are you going? We're going to Deadwood. Deadwood? Yeah. yeah. Are there is there more than one place in South Dakota? <laughs> De- Deadwood <laughs> is... I am actually the 2019 Spring Classic Poker Champion from wow. Cadillac Jacks, Deadwood, nice. South Dakota. <laughs> it was a $500 buy-in, and we, we shipped it outright first place. There's an overwhelming 40, 43 buy-in. players. You know. yeah. Okay, I mean, that's still... So how much was first, then? Seven grand. Okay, I mean, yeah. I mean that's, that's pretty nice. nice. Yeah, the Spring uh, Champion of Deadwood. I'm a, uh, <laughs> yeah. That's his new intro for the podcast. No, we were sitting with the champion. You thought Brad was a celebrity. <laughs> well, well, we... Greg Rammer is actually going to be out there, I think, during that week. I heard he was just here with you yeah, guys. Moneymaker and Rammer were both Oh, yeah. Money, oh, yeah. That's right. You're They're both. We had him on this podcast. Uh, what, what, Moneymaker was about three or four weeks ago, mm-hmm. and Rammer mm-hmm. was last, last week. Yeah, yeah, last week. We just shut the podcast. Yeah. A so we're, ago. we're on the Greg Rammer tour, but a week behind him. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah cool. When you get out there, it's, it's it's a cute little street. You know, it's maybe a mile and a half, and there's like three or four casinos, and it's oh, like yeah? in the middle so, of nowhere. So it's kind of like a Reno type thing, almost. Yeah. Except have smaller. you ever played? Way smaller. Have you ever like, played like Blackhawk, Colorado? I have, that's what I was thinking almost too. Almost exactly like that. True. Okay. Yeah. And the chair that you got to go see where Wild Bill was killed. Oh yeah. It's not actually where he was killed. It happened across the street, but they saved the chair and they stuck it above the door of the bar across the street. That's you got to cool. go see that. Yeah, I've never been to South Dakota. I don't know that I ever would if it wasn't for doing the poker vlogs. So it's been a fun experience the last couple of years. Just a lot of opportunities to do things that I never, never thought I would. You may, oh, go ahead, go ahead. You mainly just staying in the U.S. or do you ever travel abroad to play? We're trying to go to Aussie Millions. So we're talking to Crown Melbourne out there to line that up. Um, nothing certain yet, but I think we'll probably know in the next two weeks. 
And then we're going to Asper's Casino in London in January too. So we're gonna do a four day event out there. Nice. And I think that's gonna be really yeah. big. Yeah, so that's our, we, we went out to Playground in Montreal um, a year and a half ago, but this will be the first time that we're leaving the North America. Very cool. Something I didn't think to ask for, do, do you, do y'all both, you and Andrew both always travel together? Do y'all do solo trips? We do, um, we do solo trips every once in a while. It's just a lot more fun to have somebody to yeah. go with, you know, who, who like understands, you know, everything that's going on in your life and, uh, you know, yeah, we're going like through the team, same yeah. thing and yeah, it's fun. We do, we did, um, a live stream like the night we flew in to Houston. So we went out to dinner and then we had some beers at a place called the front porch pub, I think. And, uh, so we just, yeah, just talked on camera and it was fun. No, very cool. I, I think at least from my perspective, just because I've always seen y'all kind of together and you're in each other's you know, uh, vlogs and stuff. I always yeah. assumed y'all were like lifelong friends and had known each other for a long time. So it's interesting to hear that y'all had just met when y'all started vlogging. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's, well, that's we a met, surprise to me. We met before then, but yeah, we didn't really mm-hmm. talk. A, a mutual friend put us in contact and the partnership works out really well. Andrew is really good with words um, <laughs> and like writing emails and everything. And I'm really good with numbers. Andrew's not yeah. as good as with numbers. So I think we complement each other well. And it's just really fun to do these events with two of us. So when y'all book stuff, and I should know this because we booked y'all several times now, one of our partners a bit, but yeah. I'm assuming like y'all are always just, you just book as a team when y'all go places. And, okay. Right. Yeah. Very cool. But like it, I went to um, Hawaiian Gardens by myself. That was kind of the first thing I'd done in a while by myself. And there's occasionally things like that, but we, or at least I prefer to, to do things together. Yeah. Oh, very cool. It's been a blast having you guys here. I know the room... Last night was electrified. They all wanted to play with you. They wanted to talk to you. It was quite a sight. I was very impressed. Yeah, thanks. Um, That's one of the cool things about going out to different cities too is that people tend to get more excited when we come to their hometown, their their home court casinos, and, um, you know, they get a chance to take our money. Where where is y'all's – so, I mean, y'all – I mean, gosh. I I mean, I just randomly clicked on one of your last videos that had like 200 and something thousand views. I mean, so, Mm -hmm. so, you know – as I mentioned earlier before we got on the podcast, I mean, I know when y'all first came to Austin, you know, it may like a year and a half ago. It's been a while, the very first, because y'all been there multiple times. Yeah. Um, I remember thinking it was pretty big, but nothing like, now you guys have just exploded in the last 18 to 24 months. I mean, it seems like, right? I mean, like, yeah. Uh, and so, I mean, how has that changed your life personally? I mean, like, like, like does it, I mean, did every place you go, are you interrupted with people? I mean, like, does it affect your game any at the table? Let me start there. Sometimes. Does it affect your game at the table? Sometimes because there's more people that are trying to buy me drinks while I'm playing. <laughs> so I tend to be more drunk by the time the game ends. <laughs> does, does your style of play, like, like if they all know you and they've yeah. been watching you, I mean, I'm assuming, you know, I mean, do they know all your bag of tricks? So no, I mean, you play hundreds of hands every poker session and you make yeah. maybe um, a thousand to two thousand decisions, you know. And so most of the decisions aren't aren't on the vlog that I make, yeah. you know, what I'm, what I'm folding pre-flop, for instance, um, I'm not going to show a hand that I'm just folding unless I get like four bet or something, you know? So, so the, the people who are watching the vlog are seeing the version of you that you want them to see essentially. Not necessarily. I mean, I, well, yeah, but I, I'm happy to show the big hands that I, yeah. that I play. And then I'm happy to show the big mistakes that I make as well. Yeah, that's so I, that's I'm pretty, I'm like, I think I try to be like overly honest actually yeah. about, 
um, things. Like I really emphasize downswings a lot, which is something that my mom has recently told me to stop doing. She says that uh, like a couple of the couple of these videos last month were kind of depressing. She said, <laughs> so I was like, well, that's just how it is playing poker, you know. And then when I go on a winning streak and things turn around, it's going to be more enjoyable for everybody to kind of go through the entire journey. Yeah, kind of. I mean, it makes it yeah, real. You're telling the story. Yeah, yes. you, can't, yeah. you, you can't possibly win every hand. Otherwise, we're going to end up with like a situation like we have at Stones. Right. Yeah. Well, that's a th- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, anyone who plays live poker for a living or just recreationally, you're going to be making piles of mistakes. These internet guys, they kind of have everything down to a T. Live poker, there's a lot more curveballs. You face a lot more situations that are unorthodox, depending on the person you're playing, whether they're drunk or tired or maybe they're on tilt or whatever. So they start playing differently and you have to adjust from there. Um, so do you think players adjust the way they play against you because you are a vlogger? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, like I, I would almost think that people want to have the notoriety of, like, knocking you out of a hand or yeah. knocking you out of a tournament. So does that make it – like, for example, you said you played the WSOP main event the last three three yeah. years. Like, like, do you ever feel like someone's targeting you, like, like they want to knock you out? Uh, I don't think so much in, a, like, a $10,000 buy-in that they're going to be going out of their way to yeah. beat some vlogger. But certainly in the meetup games, people are viewers and – they want to watch themselves make the vlog, you know. They want to watch yeah. themselves on the internet if they if they came all the way out here to to play in the meetup game. Mm-hmm. So occasionally they'll they'll bluff in weird spots, and yeah. sometimes it works out for them. Sometimes it doesn't. Uh, I think that I've adjusted by calling calling a little bit lighter, and also I go for value bets lighter because I know that. Um, people tend to call lighter against me because they think, well, if it gets to showdown, it'll it'll make the vlog and yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, that's, that's a Genius. good point. Genius. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it sounds like you've adapted to the the type of play that people are bringing against you, so that's good. It depends. It's funny because sometimes I'll, I'll just kind of go in waves. So if if it looks like I've been playing tight for a few videos, I try to determine what the last video is that my primary opponent has watched. And I'll, I'll think about what I did in those, you know, like, did I bluff a lot? Cause if I did, then I, yeah, I really have to kind of tighten up. But if I didn't, and the guy thinks that I'm a nit, cause for a long time, people thought I was a big nit. So then I just started bluffing everybody and then they caught on to that. And then that's kind of what sparked this downswing recently. Cause I was bluffing a lot. Um, so now I've gotten, I've gone back into being tighter. And by the time, these videos come out. I don't know what I'll be. Well, you'll know I'll be playing. Sounds like your mom's straight. You'll left. Yeah, exactly. You'll yeah. left Houston for sure by the time this goes out. Yeah, so that's good. So, um, <laughs> so I'm curious to know. Like, do you feel like you were winning more or before you started vlogging, or is it about the same, or is, it, is there any correlation to it at all? Like, I, I think there is a correlation. I think for one thing, these meetup games we're doing them a lot more. You know. Yeah. So the focus on that is to have kind of a better time. You still want to win, especially like if they're going to be on video and everything, but, uh, but yeah, you want to make sure everybody's having a good time. So that means, you know, more drinks a lot of the time and just doing things that I think are going to be fun for the table, more bomb pots. And, uh, I think it's fun to bluff. And, uh, so yeah, sometimes that affects the win rate a little bit. Also all the travel that we're doing for sure. Like we're playing tired a lot more, um, and we're playing distracted more because we're videoing at the table. So it's hard to, balance all those things and play your best poker. How much how much are you videoing versus what you actually show on like are you videoing like 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 half the time, a quarter of the time? Like how much of the time are you actually videoing because I'm sure at the end you pick certain hands, but Yeah. Are you just videoing all of it at the end you pick a few or are you just videoing part of it? I just video hands that I'm in. So, okay. 
when I know that I'm going to play a hand, I'll, I'll hit the record button. And then a lot of the time the hand just isn't that interesting and I'll just delete it right away. That yeah. way when I'm going through the editing, I don't have, I don't have a bunch of footage that I have to sift through. Oh, yeah, well, I, I certainly appreciate having you on. Any of you guys have any other questions for Brad before we let him go? Where can our listeners find your vlogs at? Where can they go to, to watch what you do? Uh, if you search youtube.com slash Brad Owen Poker, you can find me there. And then if you're interested in seeing where the next meetup games are, I guess, or seeing uh, when we're coming back to Houston or Austin, we have a Facebook page called facebook.com slash poker mugs, M-U-G-S. Cool. And when we send this uh, podcast out, we'll, we'll link all that stuff on there Great. so people will be sure to find it. Awesome. Um, yeah, I, I know there's a pretty big following for you guys in Texas. I'm assuming, uh, I guess one last question I have is, are, is y'all's following like nationwide, international? Like, like, do you know kind of where most of your listeners are? Like, like, like where, where, where is your, where has your fandom spread to at this stage? Yeah, you can, you can check out the YouTube analytics. So the U.S., Canada, U.K., in Australia and then I think Germany. I think those are the top five countries. But yeah, it's watched in 160 to 180 different countries every month, which wow. is wild. That's something that's really crazy to me. I've been very impressed with just how big y'all are in Texas uh, and, and how many people know y'all's names. So, I mean, do you know how many listeners y'all have in Texas? No, not sure. Because but I, I know mean, Texas I, is the third or fourth <laughs> biggest uh, area. Um, yeah. Um, for uh, for vlog watchers, I don't know the exact number, but I know like California, New York are number one and two. Yeah. Then I think Florida. So I mean, it, it correlates to population size. Yeah. You know. mm-hmm. Okay. I was just curious. Yeah. Well, thank you again for coming on. Really excited to have you here. Uh, good luck in the tournament tonight. I don't know you're probably gonna be jumping on some cash games as well. Um, so hopefully you you, you 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 turn things around on that on that downswing. You can, you can get it going. I'm, I'm on the upswing now. I'm, I'm oh, that's perfect. Trending perfect. upwards, so it's good. Yeah. Oh, that means he might come back. Yeah, that's good. That's what we want. When you yep. come back from the Texas card house, that's what I want to hear. Yep. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you again. Uh, we enjoyed having you on um, and uh, look forward to um, obviously bringing you guys back down when we can. So thank yeah. you very much. All right. Thanks a lot for having me. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, if you like what you heard, please subscribe to our podcast by going to our website, www.texascardhouse.com slash FTF, or you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Play. Uh, and, of course, if you liked what you heard, please give us a like. Uh, we certainly appreciate it. Uh, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.